Welcome everybody, this week in Missouri Politics Midweek Update. I am your host of the show, Scott Fawn. Uh, let everybody get logged in here and get on. Thank you for the time. We'll get into this. Uh, I got a bunch. We're just going to do questions today. I got a bunch of questions about the Senate race. Uh, let's just start. Were you surprised at the outcome? No. If you watch this, you know I've been telling you I thought this would come out. Oftentimes, consultants have their own little built-in world of um, uh, their little built-in world of they'll, if they win something, they can reverse engineer their strategy. Well, the, the Schmitz people uh, had a strategy about a year ago. They called it out, and it was basically uh, they were going to show that Eric Schmitz was a fighter, and they showed that he was a fighter, and then they wanted to get in second place by the time uh, the 4th of July, and then when Grimes wilted, they would be there to, to take that support. And I think if you look what happened, um, they, you know, he had some help, some breaks when the former first lady, who the, who the folks had said was the arbiter of his morality, <laughs> said he was violent to the kids and kidnapped. I mean, just all the weirdo stuff. Of course, if you believe in Grimes, you just believe everybody in the world is part of some big plot with Skeletor and Cobra Commander against him. But you couldn't have predicted that was going to happen. You also could have predicted the schools would have massed little kids for as long as they did. Now, I think it's fair to say it should probably overplayed the I'm going to sue everybody card. But it was, he handled, it was such a common sense thing when in St. Louis you had 80-year-old men who could go to Walmart without a mask, right? And we've been told the science, the science, the older folks are at risk. But eight-year-old kids had to wear a mask. But the 80-year-old guy didn't have to. It, it was just so illogical that he, 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 he tapped into that so well. It got him up there, branded him as a fighter, a successful fighter. Um, and then, yeah, when, when, when folks started looking at the race seriously, they weren't going to vote for Eric Wright. <clears throat> Some of you perverts and weirdos did. And you know who you are. Awesome. But, um, but um, there was a uh, – uh, they, they were, they were well-positioned to pick up the support that, that um, he lost. And he was, I think he was always going to be, it was always going to be hard for Eric Greitens uh, because he's kind of just a scumbag. And it should be hard to win elections when you're that person. So uh, good for the state, good for the Republican Party. Uh, let me guess about Billy. I think Billy's great, hilarious. I think, you know, Billy could host a radio show again. Billy could do whatever he wants. Billy, uh, I thought he loved Congress. It would shock me if he's not back as a lobbyist. He'd be a great lobbyist. Um, but I don't know. The future, whatever whatever the future holds, really, it'll be fun. Um, for Congresswoman Hartzer, what she do next? I got that from Linda in Kansas City. I think Congresswoman Hartzer probably uh, goes and, and, and rests a little bit. Her husband is a great guy. The two of them are fun. There's fun to be around. There's, there's really good karma comes off of them. They're together. And they'll go enjoy their life for a little bit. I don't know if she's probably, if I had to guess, probably doesn't run again for something. But I don't know that. Uh, she certainly has admirers, and I would put myself uh, in as one of them. Um, we'll graduate again, probably. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um, his support is, there's no there's no one in Missouri that really wants to put their name as they're a sicko freak and give it money. Because that's there's a record of that, right? But other people from millionaires from outside Missouri, they don't care about us. So they'll give money to someone like Ryan's. Uh, that's much easier to pull off for a federal race. He had a lot of support in a state race because they thought he would enter federal government, maybe even as president at the time. Um, this, uh, you know, usually people in Michigan don't care about a state race just for the hell of it. Um, to help us, I mean, trust me, 
none of those, none of those dollars are there to help Missourians. They were there to help themselves, which is natural, through electing a person that might one day enter federal government. Um, I don't think he'll run for governor because he gets smoked and he knows it. Uh, also, it'll be very hard to get money together for, for governor. What I think, if I had to guess what he'll do, uh, he lives in the new second district that runs from St. Louis County, where he went to high school and grew up, to where he has a place now. I assume he still has the place in uh, Innsbruck. I would say if Congresswoman Wagner were to retire, he would run. That would be my guess. Um, I mean, if you look at that map, though, good Lord. The only person he could run against is probably Jason Bean. I mean, there's a few counties in the boot hill that still, that still were there. But, I mean, smoked him in St. Charles County. I mean, Schmidt just it was a dominating performance on every front. I mean, he literally, he, he just beat, he just won everywhere. Now, obviously, Congresswoman Hartzell's district, uh, she did well in, but outside of that, I mean, Eve Jackson, I mean, just everywhere. There was no spot on the map where he was, where he didn't overperform what he, what even he had to have a hope when he started this campaign he would do. Uh, what kind of senator would Eric Schmidt be? I'm glad you asked. I think Eric Schmidt would be a tremendous U.S. senator. I think that um, here's the truth about politics and politicians. Uh, the public is a very angry group right now, and part of it's probably a lot of social media is what it is. Liberals angry, conservatives angry. Um, they want someone that they believe is going to be a fighter for them. And I don't even know they really give a damn how much you fight for, who you fight. It's what you fight. And that is what Eric Schmidt campaigned on. And, and you know, a campaign is about accentuating the things you have in common with, uh, with the voters. And in this case, that was done. That was done. Uh, he, he brought out the parts of himself that the voted that the electorate probably wanted to see and accentuated those. Uh, as a state senator, he got along very well with everyone. He was very well liked by, by his colleagues. He was known for doing some things that got attention. That is true. Some of them maybe less serious things. But he was also known for, if he had a bill that he sponsored, he did a very good job. He was known for actually helping out his uh, local schools. Uh, with some funding stuff, and uh, Eric was a very, very thorough, very good senator, was well-respected by his colleagues. I think that will continue in the U.S. Senate. I actually he's probably better cut out for the U.S. Senate um, than he is the state, was the state Senate even, but I think having that experience will be very helpful. I think he is very well-prepared and will do a very good job for the state. Now, look, if, you're, if abortion rights are something you really care about or gun control or you want higher taxes, probably not your guy. Right. That's just the truth. Um, the state's probably not going to elect anybody that's quite your guy. So let's be honest. Um, but he'll vote with his party. Uh, he'll be conservative. But for the federal spending that does happen by the federal government, I believe, you know, no one's Roy Blunt. Roy Blunt is on Mount Olympus up here. But if you had as, as good of a successor as you could elect to Roy Blunt right now, Eric Schmidt is as serious of a person to replace such a serious senator, someone so key to the state. Eric Schmidt is as good as you could possibly do, I believe, right now. Um, now, it'll take you some time, obviously. You don't replace, you know, you don't replace the GOAT right away. It's going to take some learning. It would for anybody. Build up a little seniority like Senator Blunt had. Um, and I'll keep in mind where Blunt's the GOAT. So, I mean, he replaced the GOAT, and he wasn't Kid Bond right away. It took him a few years to become Roy Blunt, just like it took a few years for Kid Bond to become Kid Bond. Uh, but I think that, that uh, Roy Blunt was a very worthy successor 
to the greatest U.S. senator we've probably ever had in Kit Bond. And I think Eric Schmidt will be a worthy successor to Roy Blunt. And I think five years from now, when he has to campaign for re-election, which will probably include acting a little less than serious, if that's the mood of this state, which I have not, don't know why it would change. Hadn't changed in six years. Don't think it changed in six more. Until the Democrats start targeting voters like the ones in Jefferson County again, um, my gut tells me that every every serious person in the state will, will say, okay, you know, he did such a good job. We understand it's worth it to have you for you to do this. And I think that if you've been frustrated by Eric Schmidt over the course of the last year, I understand. Uh, I've, uh, I, I totally get that. I also think most of the people that were frustrated by some of his antics uh, don't spend a lot of time in licking or Carothersville Chubbies or uh, at, at, uh, down in Noel, Missouri, McDonald County. Uh, they don't spend a lot of time up uh, on uh, up in uh, Lewis County. And that's the truth. And um, the results of that campaign showed that he's probably already the most popular Republican in the state. And uh, well, I think he'll do very well. I think he will be just as serious about fighting for Missouri's share as he has been for fighting for votes. Uh, question about Trump. What a clown. What an idiot. How stupid was that? I mean, you know, I... I Lots of people I know that have been around Trump for things, they'll be like, oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it, he really does get good results, but it's like crazy. Well, the, the, the endorsement is crazy. I believe he woke up that day. Um, and I'll tell you, while we're talking about waking up, Courtyard by Marriott here in town. If you're coming up to the State Fair this week or next week and the rooms are full, stop in Jeff City. Go to the Courtyard. Uh, great indoor pool. So if it's raining, you still, the kids can still swim. Terrific accommodations, top line. If you come to Jeff City for a meeting, if you come for a special session, don't be cheap. Don't suck. Don't go get a room at, a, at an inferior place. Treat yourself right. You deserve nice things. Go to the top hotel. Go to Courtyard by Marriott. Um, I think Donald Trump woke up Monday morning thinking he was going to endorse Eric Ridens and then had some people say, you, you know, don't do this. This guy is not a good dude. At the end of the day, I think Trump acquiesced and did that stupid endorsement of both. It was idiotic. It was wanting attention. I was in a, I was in a event for Curtis Gregory and I, and I saw this, um, I saw everybody look at their phones and see what, it, see what he was, see what he was doing. And I thought, you know what? This is exactly what Trump wanted. All the attention all day. Everybody looked at their phone to see what he did. Uh, I thought it was dumb to be honest with you, Jane. I thought it was stupid. So, and you know me, I've, I've, I've kind of, I'm a guy that kind of uh, will give Trump a bit of the doubt sometimes, but Jane uh, from uh, Farmington, I thought it was really dumb what he did. So have, have guts. It was guts. It was stupid. So uh, question for here, Jeff City. Did, did I listen to the Searpoint interview of Mundo? I did. Uh, I think Searpoint may need a cigarette after that interview. I mean, he brought heat. Um, uh, I thought he brought heat. Uh, here's like I've told you if, you, if you watch this show, if you watch my show, you have two groups of senators who fundamentally view things differently. It has nothing to do with policy. Um, you have a group of the idle Republicans that feel like leadership, the routing Republicans, have wronged them. And they, they're very sensitive to that. And they feel like they don't get treated well. They feel like their legislation doesn't get treated. They don't get respected. And, and they have some, uh, they, they can tell you reasons. Then you have the routing Republicans. They firmly believe that, though, that, that this is just a bitter, 
whining pity party of stuff that they don't even really mean. Um, and they, they have reasons for it. Now, normally, the idle Republicans attack the Rowden Republicans, and the Rowden Republicans kind of take it. Uh, Mike Sirpoy on Mundo was not taking it. I think it's pretty fair to say he came to play, and he did, and it was um, it was it was salty. It's what they all, it's what the entire Rowden folks say behind closed doors. What what Mike Sirpoy told you is things I've told you in a different way that they say behind closed doors. It was just confirmed. If you watch this, you know I've said you know this is how they feel. They feel like those guys are just bitter and setting themselves up to try to make them look bad. They don't care about governing. They don't care about these issues, huge people. Now, do I think that's true? No. Do I think there's some elements of truth on that? Um, uh, Will Barger, he could run for presiding commissioner of Dunklin County. Uh, I'd hate that for the good folks in Peach Orchard, Malden, Kennett. But uh, yeah, he should, if he runs, he'll probably lose that too. I mean, it, it, but hey, well, even if he did run for commissioner of Dunklin County, he quit after 17 months. We all know that. So um, the Rowden Republicans, that's what they think. The Iowa Republicans think they're just bad people that pick on them and, and don't want to do conservative stuff. And so when, when two groups of people view something so differently, it is very, very hard to see them connect, right? And in my view, they view it so differently that, uh, that I don't think they could ever get it together. That's my opinion. Uh, I, I think that what you're going to have to see really for things to shake out differently is you're probably going to have to see some folks turn out on both sides. I think it would be somewhat better this year because you had a couple people turn out. I think it'll be even better two years from now. And I don't know if the Senate will be better. And here's, but I think that the only, the, the, the bad blood is so thick and so deep that I think that this, in this way, term limits will probably be a good thing. Everybody's a dog term limits. And I generally agree with the thought that the, 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 the term limit thing that's done here is not well done. Uh, I've, I think there is some kind of term limit is good. It is good that you know you don't have this power forever. I think that is, there's some healthy aspects of that. I think the term limits here are done poorly. But one of the good things I think you're going to see from term limits is this this toxicity will have to ebb relatively shortly. And when it does, it'll be a good thing for the state of Missouri. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know what you're fixing. I mean, if you're Caleb Browden, here's the thing about Caleb Browden. Everybody attacks Caleb Browden now as, oh, you should have hit him in the face. Fine, fine. I, I think when you win like they did, you should spend some time courting your enemies. That's what leadership is. The governor's special session is either going to be rousing success uproarious success or it's going to be contentious and awful in China Hub too, probably on how much he wants to give, right? And and that's probably at the end of the day, leadership is about giving in and and, and putting folks, putting your cause and folks ahead of yourself. So in reality, in my view, what we're going to see here is um, is probably Caleb spent a couple years trying to get along, give in, and and that wasn't really met with a lot of um, a lot of friendship, and I think that, that that's just where they are. Uh, then Igel feels like he reaches out and tries to be helpful, and they they screw him. Caleb feels like he does. I mean, these are two these are two groups of people that fundamentally see things differently. It's not about right. The Rhino hope so stupid, but 
it's just about they think that they're being disrespected and they think they're bending over backwards. And, and there, there's truth. Both sides have reasons and both sides have a, have a point and both sides are probably wrong about some stuff. And I don't know how you get around. I mean, uh, the, the difference is good. There's a tradition in the Missouri Senate, as you know, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I'm a conservative in the real ways and I don't want to change much. And if you change something, change it real slow. But the truth is you've got these people that, that truly disagree and it's become very personal and bitter. I just don't see how they move forward together until Trump will sweep them out. Now, here's the thing about Caleb. People go, oh, Caleb should hit him in the face. Okay. At this point, I don't know what you had to lose if you're Caleb Browden by getting aggressive. But that does not mean everything will be sunshine and roses. If leaders, an aggressive leadership is a dangerous thing in the Senate. But I agree that's probably what they're going to do. They've tried everything else. And Eagles Republicans would say, well, you haven't tried doing whatever we want. And, and it's just back and forth. Is there, is there, on any given day, I generally, you know, I'm my own person. I have my own, I probably watch more hours of the state than any other Missouri. Some days I think one side has a point, the other side I'm like, well, now I think the other side does. Um, leadership's obviously harder. It's why, it's why J.J. Rizzo is the most popular man in Jeff City. He used to be the backup quarterback. Um, if Rizzo had to have either, if he was leader of either one of those other factions, it would be just as hard. Uh, and the fact is, the fact, the reason those two factions fight, make Rizzo's job so much easier. Brian Williams hasn't even had to be a senator yet. I mean, he really hasn't. He's probably filibustered less time than Mike Moon, and he's been here for four years to two, and he's a Democrat. He's been, he, his crew has got an easy ride. So uh, the, what's going to be the telltale thing here is there's a tradition that senators don't campaign against other senators. Even Republicans don't campaign against Democrats was the old rules. Now that's changed a little bit with term limits and committees. Republicans would raise money and spend money, usually not on a sitting senator's re-election. One, it's just not smart. Usually senators that are up for re-election have, um, uh, you know, they have, they have a high degree of winning. Uh, not all the time, but, but there is a general high degree of winning. But they wouldn't campaign against sitting senators because you couldn't beat them, and also they just didn't. So term limits changed that a little bit. So Republicans would raise money. Maybe they wouldn't publicly attack their Democrat colleagues, but they'd raise money and uh, attacks would be made. In that. But but I've never seen a sitting senator campaign against a, a, a member of his own party's reelection. And if that happened, uh, and I don't think you're going to convince a lot of folks that it didn't, that's a, a major change in the uh, Senate traditions. And it's very hard to work with somebody as intimately as you have to with a senator if they've been campaigning to beat you. Um, I don't think you probably can. So that's going to suck. And uh, I just, that is a, you know, if there is a detente that comes together, that tradition, the traditions of the most important entity in, this, in the state is the state Senate. It keeps so many bad things from happening, so many ill-advised things, right and left. Uh, that's one I think they'd be very well to go back to because, at the current rate, it, it won't be Iowa Republicans anymore, but they could take the, the majority of the majority could flip to a different crew. Uh, they don't need to take any more incumbents. There's a, uh, they could probably win in our open seats, but, or they could fight back and, and tell you, just because you think Caleb Brown should throw punches, there'll be a pushback to that too. These guys think that they, these, the Iowa Republicans think he's been hitting him now. So you may think he hasn't him at all, and I got five five questions here. Um, 
I'll just take James's first. Yeah, I mean, I if if Rowden comes back with more aggressive, then there'll be a response to that, and it, you, it won't just be good. You might think it'll just be good. I don't think it will be. Uh, I don't think he's got a lot to lose at this point. I just don't, I don't know that there's no magic. Uh, there's no magic piece here that'll just go great in my view. Uh, take that for what you will. Uh, so that's my thoughts on the state center races. Was I surprised about Joe Carter? Sure, totally surprised. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I wasn't, nobody was shocked. If you read my tip sheets and stuff, you, you've seen me say that he was in trouble. I don't think it was Bill, Bill White's voting record or whatever. Joe Carter had her own group of supporters, ran a good campaign. Um, she had some money. It's really, it's a really interesting thing with the folks that fund the conservative uh, folks. That is just an interesting dynamic. Um, but, it, uh, it, you know, I think Bill White had had some personal interactions with folks that they weren't happy about. Um, and, and that's kind of what happened. Justin Brown, I told you in the beginning, look, the Pollocks have been getting elected in Laclede County for a very, very long time. The Pollocks have been, have been winning votes down there for a long time. And my gut tells me, uh, yeah, it's the biggest county in that district. She, she's a sitting state rep. She was always going to do very well. Justin Brown did the toughest challenger. And, and yeah, she, she rang him tight. Uh, I, on, on, and, and got out Smith. But I mean, again, a lot of things are pretty simple. It's, it's, they've been getting elected in the biggest county for 20, 30 years. So, yeah, I mean, got, most folks don't get into the weeds on a state Senate race. And if they recognize the name and they're from their home county, they're going to do well. So she had a big lead. He had to chop that lead down in every other county. Um, uh, but Pulaski, really, I think, and, and, and the new uh, right county brought him in. Um, go through Rydell. Uh, I can say he probably, I mean, he did very well for a challenger. Uh, if he runs again for state Senate, look, if you don't have two people from Cole County, it'll just be like it was now. Cole County person will get all the votes, and Rydell will get all the Camden County votes. And there's just probably a lot more people in Cole County, and they'll elect their person. These, ideology, these ideological things are interesting, but to be truthful, suburban races are kind of one on ideology. Nick Shore is further to the right. So you have to raise about 20% more money if you're, in the, if you're not as right-wing to beat the person who is right-wing. That didn't happen for John Meehan. Those are about issues and stuff in the suburbs because nobody knows anybody. It's just like cul-de-sacs full of vinyl siding and zombies. Um, in rural Missouri, it's about geography and money. The geography, you have the geography, you have the money, you should win. Uh, the bigger the bigger upset to me was uh, Fitzwater coming back against Mike Carter. He uh, Fitzwater was down. Carter spent heavily. He uh, Fitzwater uh, hit him and hit him and hit him. And I, I don't, I mean, a lot of those votes went to Brian Spencer, but I mean, Fitzwater really hit him a lot. And uh, there wasn't a return fire necessarily. There was kind of a, I've never liked ads where the person explains that, oh, he's attacking me, but it's not real. I just always, it's just, I, I mean, Republicans, Republican primaries like to see blood and guts and pain and agony. And that's just what they like. So, uh, that, you know, I, but it was a rattle of, um, they didn't have just a ton of wins on election night, but that's a marquee win. And I think the strategy really made the difference there. The, 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 a lot of times it's, oh, you get the most money, have a good geography, like Rusty Black. Rusty Black won uh, based on overwhelming money, overwhelming connections. Uh, and he won by a big amount because he just came heavy and overwhelmed everyone. Um, Ratliff in that race had to be slick. And he had to, he, there was a lot of strategy in that. And, 
you could have taken 10 strategies and eight or nine of them would have been losers. So uh, that that's one where the actual campaign strategy mattered more than other races. And they're very successful. And I told you from the beginning, he'll do Trezor's water will be great state center. He'll do very well for the state of Mike Carter would have also done a good job. Uh, I thought, you know, I think Carter was winning, and I think they pulled off probably the campaign of the cycle, even better than Jill Carter's, to be honest with you, uh, was in the tent. So last thing, uh, so, uh, on the show, Caleb Brown will be on the show Sunday. Uh, Locke Thompson is going to make his debut. Um, and we will talk. I'll tell you what, we'll do one of these again early next week. We'll talk about the folks who could maybe – the Mike Parsons Employment Agency is firing back up. Got a hot, looks like he's going to hire him a treasurer and attorney general, and he's he's done um, he's done both these before. So he should, uh, I guess, his resume file should still be fresh. We'll talk about some of the folks that might get there. But Sunday in in Central Missouri, get on the yeah, I think it's nine thirty on PBS Channel Six in St. Louis, nine o'clock on ABC Thirty, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be right here uh, from the state capitol, uh, and we'll we'll see you on TV for this week of Missouri politics.